This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another week goes by, and the Titans did not address the offensive skill positions on this team. We talk about it next with a brand new guest on Sick Pod Talking Titans. Sammy, start us up. Turn up your volume. volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Talking Titans. Ladies and gentlemen, 94 yards. The sickest Tennessee Titans podcast. Sick! It's gonna be sick. Sick, sick. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. We got a brand new guest on tonight. I'm not gonna hesitate to bring him in, but before I bring him in, uh, he is the co-host of the 3HL uh, weekdays between 3 and 6 p.m. Central Time. He's joined alongside with Dawn Davenport and Ron Slay, Mr. Brett Daughtry. Yo, what up, boys? How you doing tonight, buddy? Hey, we're good, man. I love that Oilers hat, dude. Yeah, I know. Everyone's been t- uh, commenting on YouTube where I got it. So, I mean, I've been rocking it ever since on the, on the, uh, the podcast. So, I love the old school look. Can't wait for them to wear it this year. Yeah, they're going to wear it. It's a funny story. Like, they actually wanted to get it done this year. So, when the NFL told teams that you could do the retro uniforms, the Titans responded, but not quick enough. And they responded quickly. Um, so, uh, yeah, they had to wait a year. But uh, we'll get it. We'll get it out there this year. It'll be cool. Yeah, hopefully they get it against Houston. Like that's the rumor it has it with everything. I mean, why not, right? Like you right. have to do it then. Makes the most sense. Uh, before we get into some topics over here, I know we touched on it off the air, but I want to say it on the air. Uh, prayers to you and the national community of the tragedy that happened on Monday. Um, the school shootings in this country is just getting out of hand, and um, our kids going to school. Um, are supposed to be safe while they're learning and it's not supposed to be a cemetery for kids. And I really don't want to turn this into a political statement at all. Um, just want to push forward and say, we are sorry. And we're thinking about the national community uh, from the sick pot talking Titans. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. Uh, yeah. That, it's just a horrific situation. Three nine-year-olds, um, a substitute yeah. teacher, a head of school uh, who used to work at the school where my kids go to school. Um, insane. And, and, uh, and a, a custodian who actually <laughs> during graduations, he would, he would sing the Lord's prayer. And just had a beautiful voice. His name was Mike Hill, and and uh, yeah, it's just a, it's just a, it's been a sad week. But this is, uh, as you guys know, Nashville is a community where we put our arms around everybody and we love everybody uh, in good times and bad, and and we pick people up here, and that's what we're doing. And Nashville strong all the way. So while getting into our beloved Titans, um, like I said in the intro, um, they did not address the offensive skills positions on this team yet again, <laughs> coming into this week. Brett, in all honesty, what the hell are the Titans doing in the offensive skill position room? They have Traylon Burks, 
uh, NWI, Kyle Phillips, two out of three guys can't stay on the field. Like, am I crazy thinking I want um, a trade for Allen Robinson or a trade for DeAndre Hopkins and them drafting Jackson Smith at 11? Like, what are they going to do with this position? I, I don't know, man, and I don't know that they know. Uh, but you're right. But, like, you mentioned Nick Westbrook-Aquino, who's actually a free agent, so they could lose him. <laughs> um, oh, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, and and so, like, Kyle Phillips is a guy that we all forget about because he had a great offseason last year, and he should plug and play in the slot, right? But I keep forgetting about him, actually, when you start running down the depth chart at, at yeah. wide receiver. But it's like Traylon Burks and then, what, Bracey McMath? Mason Kinsey, like I stop. stop. <laughs> I mean, that's what that's where they are. That's where they are. So I I don't know. Everybody thinks like uh, you know they need an offensive guard. Obviously, they they did retool the offensive line in in the free agent uh, period, the early free agent period. And I think Rand Carthon had like a low key, really good free agency period. They didn't yeah. address what you said right there, but they did get numbers uh, on the offensive line and at linebacker, which we'll talk about, but. They they do need one more offensive guard, right? Uh, so everybody kind of slotting that that deal there. Is it Skoronsky if he's still there from Northwestern with the short arms? You know, he's like a ty- Tyrannosaurus Rex. Wants to play tackle, but he's got the short arms, so he has to go inside. I don't know. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't go wide receiver there at 11 because I think you'll have your pick of the lot, really. Yeah, I think I think they they hit it off. Hopefully, I mean, with Jackson Smith Ninjigba at eleven, but um, going into the offensive guard, even in the, a couple waves down the line in the, in the free agency uh, waves, they, there's a I think the guard out of uh, Denver with the Broncos, uh, Riser. If you sign a guy like him and, and it saves you from drafting uh, an offensive guard in round two, and maybe you can attack because I'm okay with Dillard at uh, left tackle. So if you attack. Um, wide receiver and tight end and, and back-to-back rounds one and two. Maybe you get like Jackson Smith, like I said. I've been high on his horse the, the whole podcast, and you get like a Darnell Washington in round two. That that solidifies those positions, in my opinion. So hopefully hopefully this this happens. Yeah, I know you want skill position, but um, – and I shouldn't say like the history of the team – Shows us maybe they don't go that direction. I mean, you know, they drafted AJ Brown high, but Rand Carthon, we still don't know what Rand Carthon is. You know what I mean? As a general manager, we, we see what kind of roster he's built. We see, you know, the narrative that he and Mike Vrabel are putting out there is is really in sync um, with players that need to be able to do multiple things, want to increase the speed, all of those things. It's what's funny to me about the message that they're putting out there about what they want this roster to look like, what this team, what they want this team to be is that Derrick Henry doesn't fit. That's the interesting part about this to me. So my question is, do they try to move Derrick Henry or do they try to move him and they can't get what they want? You know what I mean? Like I, like that part is fascinating to me. Maybe we'll never know. Um, and you know, they'll just redo his contract because they have to do that. Um, and and he'll still be there. I don't know. But what's interesting too about the offensive line, like if you go guard at eleven. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Then you're putting a guard, probably a rookie guard at right guard, a second-year player at right tackle, because the people I talk to say Brunskill is going to play left guard, that Andre Dillard's going to play left tackle, and you didn't bring Dillard in to compete because you're paying him $10 million a year. Like, he's exactly. your left tackle. Um, and then, you know, you move Aaron Brewer into center, which I think he played better at center than guard. How much better? How good is he? I, you know, those are all things that can be debated. But I, I don't know. Like, I, I haven't I haven't really gone down the wide receiver path at 11, but, like, you bringing it up makes me uh, kind of uh, salivate toward that, that right. area. I mean, I think you kind of have to think about it at this point. I mean, having sure. mine may be a DJ Sharp or a Marvin Jones – I mean, there's not much left on the list. I mean, unless you want to sign a a 30-something-year-old Jarvis Landry who had 300 yards last year. Um, (laughs) My question to you is, though, in a perfect world, let's just say Cameron Wolf was on a few weeks ago and, uh, you know, him and I shared the same sentiment that, you know, and I think you do as well, bring in as many good offensive linemen as you can via the draft and free agency and put them in a room and, and figure it out. Um, do you think in a perfect world, let's just say a guy like Paris Johnson is there at 11 or Skaronsky, and you do have maybe a Quentin Johnson or um, Jackson Smith Najiba there as well? You know, what do you think the Titans would be more likely to to do with that pick if they have the pick of the litter there? And because I'm sure they have, you know, their players ranked, but there is a possibility that you know a handful of those players could still be there at 11, and the Titans can have their choice. Does their lack of going after a receiver and free agency and going after a line make you think that, okay, at 11, it is a real possibility, even though you say it's not the Titan way, perhaps, but Frank Carthon runs this team now, so he can have his own philosophies and ideologies. What do you think, you know, should a few of those players be there, you know, that can make a, a difference overnight? Which way do you think they lean? Well, I mean, I started to go through the depth chart at wide receiver and you made me stop. So, like, I, I mean, yeah. that, that's an indication that, I mean, look, if Quentin Johnston from TCU is there, Jordan Addison's a guy I loved at, at Pittsburgh. He goes to USC, love that guy. Zay Flowers is a guy, you know, talking to people around the league that, that everybody seems to love him. And then, uh, of course, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State. Those are the four, right? Like, so if, I mean, You'll have your pick of one of those dudes if you want to do it at 11. Another, You, you brought up a good point, though, uh, Vin. It's like, what is Rand Carthon's roster going to look like in two years? Like, how reshaped is this thing going to be? Because they talk about wanting players that have multiple skills and, and like, a very uh, diverse skill set, and you start thinking about the players that we've seen dominating it in, in San Francisco, and, and you kind of get – you kind of get an idea in your head that that maybe he is going to drastically change this roster. The thing about it is, if you keep Ryan Tannehill for one more year, and and he like, what's the offense going to look like? Think about the quarterbacks in the AFC that you're going to have to try to outscore, and you're going to do it with Derrick Henry for 350 carries again. Like, I, I just don't think you can do that. And so, I I don't know. The more that uh, I talk with you guys, and I just talk myself into wide receiver at 11 i kind of like that idea because you're you're gonna have to draft multiple wide receivers um it's always the deepest position anyway like you can get guys later that can contribute um and and i i think with the way they address the offensive line and free agency um 
maybe you, maybe you do go wide receiver because, I mean, you've got to be able to put up points. And, and this offense, the way it's currently structured, you can't. Yeah, it's kind of confusing thinking about which way Carthon might want to go because you look at San Fran's roster and you know with Shanahan's days, he's so predicated on running the ball and getting you know his running backs in the space. And, you know, you feel like any running back, he can plug and play into his system and, and it worked. But then again, you look at their team and they have Ayuk, they have Debo, they have Kittle. You know, they do have dynamic playmakers. So you think he's going to, you know, stick with the run and, you know, go with that philosophy because, you know, it works so well in San Fran and continues to work. But then you also have your skill position players in San Fran. So I agree with you. It's kind of like a waiting game to see, you know, how do we think he's going to build this team? Because as of late, you know, in free agency, it's been good moves, but they're conservative moves. You know, one, two-year, three-year deals um, for interior linemen, for pass rushers. So they're they're good yeah. moves, they're conservative moves. There just hasn't been enough done yet to really know how he wants to, to build this team. So it's going to be interesting to see. But um, one more thing talking about the draft, and I brought it up not too long ago on a few um, different pods, and I get, you know, not a lot of backlash, but a lot of people don't think it's a possibility I think it's a, a big possibility that, you know, we might we might move back. You know, I think Carthon might want to accumulate more picks and build a team, like you said, how he wants to build it. We don't know how he wants to build it, but he has a vision. And the more draft capital, you know, he has, the um, you know, he could shape the team the way he wants it. So do you feel, as all, feel at all, though, that that's a possibility to move back and, you know, into the late first round and maybe get a guy like Zay Flowers and, and then go offensive lineman in the second round or vice versa? Do you see that as a possibility? Yeah, there's two drafts, right? Like, So there's the quarterback draft, and then there's the everybody else draft. And and so Will Anderson's the best player, not a quarterback, right? Like, So that guy will go first. But from a Titan perspective, I'm of the opinion that they do need to move back. Like, I I think they need – I want to agree on, with me, finally. Yeah, based on where, where this roster is, they need draft capital, right? Like, so – they do have options there. We've talked about wide receiver. We've talked about offensive line. If if you're sitting there at 11, you probably still have multiple guys that you're interested in. And if you can move back, I, I think it would be smart. Like, that's why I think it's it's kind of interesting now that you see, like, Anthony Richardson to the Titans, right? Like, so if I'm the Titans, I want, like, the possibility that, that I would take a quarterback at 11 out there uh, because you want people, like, moving up, right? So – I, I totally agree with you. Move move back has been my plan. Um, pe- people would, you know, I mean, fans would rather move up and get, you know, the sexiest pick possible. But uh, I just, I don't know. Based on where they are now, I totally agree with you. Like they need, they need draft capital. They need more bodies. Um, they they need to up upgrade this roster just in in general. You mentioned uh, Paris Johnson earlier. I think that's an interesting player. I didn't hit on that in in my last answer, but um, played left tackle last year played right guard the previous year and so like that's the kind of guy that i think Vrabel would like that has a varied a varied skill set which again goes in with what Rand carthon has talked about too wanted to hit on that real quick but yeah move back i'm all in let's do it so, so, yeah so you touched on um Tannehill before so this is a very touchy subject on this podcast sal's not here tonight <laughs> Uh, he hates Tannehill. So um, Mike <laughs> Mike Vrabel. Has He's like fourth all time in Titans Oilers history. Listen, I, I'm I'm all I'm all I'm on a Tannehill hype train. So Mike Vrabel made a comment about his quarterback at the um, the meetings yesterday. He yeah. said um, he expects Ryan Tannehill to be the quarterback in 2023, but quote 
he won't commit to anybody being on the roster um, by the end of uh, training camp. To me, that doesn't seem like it's a, um, you know, confidence booster for the uh, quarterback position. What's your thought on the whole Tannehill uh, situation? I think Vrabel sometimes, um, like we get, he he says some honest things from time to time. You know, like uh, in the in the post twenty twenty two presser where where he called out uh, a couple of players, one of which isn't here anymore, and <laughs> it signed a two year eleven million dollar deal. Like, I mean, you totally could have had him. Um, David Long Jr. But uh, so I think because he says interesting things like that, that are very honest, I think that leads us to start trying to read into everything that he says. I don't, I don't think he's really said anything there. Like I didn't really take anything from that. Um, I think that Rand Carthon took this job and he put everything on the table and I, you know, everything's an option. And I think you have to do it that way. Right. Like, so we even said when he got the job, like, Trading Derrick Henry's got to be at least something that is discussed, right? Because running backs hit that wall and they they don't gradually decline. They just hit the wall and they're gone. So, like, do you want to try to capitalize on the fact that people think, and I do too, that he has a couple more years left, or do you wait and it's too late? You're never uh, gonna see another back like that. All right, he's he's one of the best in the history of the game. We've been blessed to be able to watch him. Yep. And uh I, you know, it's it's Football's about business. It's not about, you know, emotion and all those things. Um, so I think I would look at that. I'm not saying I would do it because I I think people misunderstand what you might be able to get for Derrick Henry too. Like I, I think you're talking more like a fourth round pick and multiple picks, but I think that's probably where it starts. At, you know, most fans fall in love with players based on emotion. They love watching them run, and they know that he's one of the best ever. Uh, so you start thinking, man, you can get a second-round pick and a third round next year and all this stuff, and I just don't see that for him. Maybe they – Maybe they thought, you know, if we can get that, then then we'll do it. And and maybe that's why we, we are where we are. But I thought it was interesting. Wes on Broadway tweeted today, uh, Ryan Tannehill, $36.6 million against the cap. That's second most in the NFL. Yep. So something has to be done with that contract. Derrick Henry, $16.4 million, highest among running backs. Something's got to be done with that, cap, uh, that number as well. In terms of Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill, if you actually sit back and think about it, and look at the numbers. When he has protection, he can throw the football and put up numbers. He can. Now, back to y'all's point. Run through that wide receiver depth chart again and tell me where you've got passing yards. Yep. I mean, Traylon Burks, I, I think, can be a very effective wide receiver in this league. He's not a number one, but he has to be on this roster. They have to get faster. They've got to get more consistent at that position. They've got to come up with more than one guy that every that people have heard of. You know, yeah. There's like, there's one thing that killed this this whole thing, and and it has the sour taste in everyone's mouth. But Ryan Tannehill, and I blame I put the the blame on Todd Downing for two years. He killed Derek Carr in that offense when he had the keys to the Corvette with uh, Amari uh, Cooper and uh, Darren McFadden and everybody. Now he comes over here. He had Derek Henry, Ryan Tannehill, Julio Jones, AJ Brown killed it to the ground. If we had Arthur Smith that year against the Bengals, I personally think, and I think a lot of us do, think that we were going to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl that See, year. now that's a great point. Um, I haven't thought about it in those terms. If Arthur Smith was pulling the was pulling the strings, yeah. I mean, you go back and look at that Bengals game with the three picks and look at that first play and oh. tell, me where, tell me where a route was that took the safety oh. out of that position. There wasn't one. So the safety then is freelancing and watching Tannehill's eyes. 
poorly designed play. That's just one play, and we happen to all watch it because he threw a pick on that play. Then what are they doing at the end of the game? And again, that's on that's on offense coordinator and head coach. I was sitting in that stadium, and and I was trying to figure out. Well, it looks like they're running out the clock, and then all of a sudden they throw it, and you throw it into triple coverage to Nick Westbrook Aquina. We had Nick Westbrook Aquina on on the show um, in the summer, and I asked him about that play. I said, when you turned around with all of those Bengal bodies around you, were you surprised that the ball was coming at you? And he said, I was blessed that he threw it to me, which I thought was an unbelievable answer. <laughs> But can you imagine how surprised you would be if you turned around with four dudes on you? Like, I don't know. I mean, that just goes to show you the difference between Arthur Smith and, and I know we're going back in back in time, but Arthur Smith and Todd Downing, how the route concepts and AJ Brown going across the middle of the field wide open, taking 60, 80 yards yeah. to to doing ditches and five yeah. yard inch and hitches yeah. and, and, yeah. and posting flags. There was no route concept. He did not uh, understand the flow of the game and didn't know how to in-game adjust. That's what killed our championship run. And now here we are. Fast AJ forward to Brown. tonight. A.J. Brown's one of the best inside route running wide receivers in the game, right? Like yep. To your point. And I think that's what Traylon Burks is. And and you just don't see it. Now, you know, he was he was injured and all these things. But, like, that's got to be what he is too, right? And, you know. I'm hoping maybe, it changes this year with Tim maybe, Kelly. Maybe Tim Kelly will change that. I don't know. Yeah, I, here's, here's the way I always think about it. Like, if we can see it, why can't they see it? Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I mean, we had the whole fan base calling for Downing's job for two years, and um, you know, seemed like they finally had to admit we were right, but it was too late, you know. And I've always said, and I think it's, uh, you know, the biggest difference in the NFL between a ten and six team and a six and ten team is coaching. It's very minuscule, and look what happened when we lost Arthur Smith. I know he's struggled a little bit in Atlanta, but he was a godsend for us. So I don't want to get, uh, you know travel too far back into that time machine because yeah. I don't think it's, it's necessary. And, uh, you know, I'm, my PTSD is kicking in a little bit because All of us. the one thing we didn't have to do, or the only thing we couldn't do with that last possession was turn the ball over. That's it. Go into overtime, run the okay. clock out. We had okay. the momentum, you know, and you just gave the ball back. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was awful. Um, you know, but that's neither here nor there at, at the moment. It's funny too because you look at this offense and you're like, "Wow, if we just had a receiver like like AJ Brown," and then you're like, "Yeah, we just we, we gave him away." So you know, it's it's frustrating. It is what it is, and um, you know, we can't dwell on the past too much. So uh, going forward, you do think Tannehill will be um, you know our quarterback going forward? I think a lot of people believe that. And you said you think something needs to be done with that $36 million number. I wholeheartedly agree. But don't you think from Tannehill's perspective, if he's seen Daniel Jones get $40 million, uh, Dino Smith get $35 million, he could turn around in the Titans and say, I've accomplished more than both of those guys combined <laughs> in the NFL. Didn't, you, didn't not, release him. Didn't I am release not, him, right? I am not taking a pay cut, you know. And if they do release him, it, it'll probably be after June 1st when they could save, I think, the $27 million. Yep. Um, so in that situation, you know, it, let's just say for to play devil's advocate, he doesn't want to take a cut. They do release him. What's your play then? You know, do you? So, we talked about it today. So we had Matt Miller on uh, ESPN's NFL Draft Insider, right, at NFL Draft Scout. And he, t he tweeted this yesterday. He said, I wish one of these NFL head coaches would just say, have you seen Caleb Williams and Drake May? Of course we're rolling with an unproven day three pick to start the year. So <laughs> nobody's going to tank games, but you can conceivably tank games based on roster. 
right? So I then asked him, uh, could the Titans do that? And he kind of laughed about it. Uh, and so, like, I started in and I got inflamed by my own words today. But, like, I like the idea of releasing Tannehill and just throw Malik Willis out there. Oh! You, know, you know, no, listen, 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 listen. You know how they teach babies how to swim? And I'm not advocating this for anybody to do this, but they just throw them in the water, right? Like, so release Tannehill, save all that money, go get you wide receivers, do what you want to do. Throw Malik Willis in there like a baby in the water. He either succeeds and is awesome and you're set, or he sucks and maybe you get Caleb Williams or Drake May. So I asked Matt Miller, I said, all right, so where's Caleb Williams, Drake May, if they're in this quarterback class? He goes, number one pick, number two pick. That's how good those dudes are. And he said, he said Caleb Williams, if he has another year like he did last year, based on the tape at Oklahoma and USC, that he will be the highest graded guy coming out at quarterback in the last 20 years. What about my boy Jordan Travis out of Florida State? Can't you, you can't uh he was he's one of the Heisman favorites. He had a hell of a year last year, too. I mean, that quarterback uh draft uh class next year is stacked. Which is which stacked. only which only you know, proves our point earlier with trading back in this draft and accumulating more draft capital because in a situation like that, hypothetically next year where you, let's just say you're picking top 10 and you need to get to one, you know, you then have extra ammunition to to get up there, you know. So I, I know we're backtracking a little, but, you know, the idea of potentially trading back looks more and more appetizing because you can attack it from so many different angles. Pick your players with that team use those picks to then move up to get a guy you really want this year or next year may have you. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, I think, <laughs> I think Tannehill is going to be our guy next year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, I don't think Rabel is as long as I've repeated it over and over, as long as he is our head coach, I don't ever see us tanking. And he is such a good coach. I think we could throw an inexperienced Malik Willis out there and still win six or seven games based on the fact that we have a very good defense still that I think only got better, and we have the former coach of the year. So I, I just think it's going to be hard for us to go three and fourteen or two and fifteen and get that number one pick. Um, but but we shall see. But you're right about draft capital. So if you're bad enough to get pick eleven again or pick nine or something like that. And then you can get up to one, then then maybe you give up everything to do that. But um, yeah, it's it. Chair, what you fans right now? We're waiting for the shoe to drop, and we don't know which shoe it's going to be. But right, once- because to your point, Ben, like they've got that June first thing. Like, so what do yeah. they do? Do we see Kevin Byard get released? Do we see Ryan Tannehill get released? Do you see Derrick Henry get traded? I, I don't know. Um, it, Ron Slay said this about Mike Brable. You were talking about how good a coach he is. Slay said this today. He said, I don't care what the roster is. Brable could win seven games playing spades. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's the truth. You know, so I think it's 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 like I was just saying, we're waiting for the shoe to drop no matter what it is. Tannehill, the draft, you know, we just don't know what we're going to do yet because we're waiting on that first thing that's going to happen, which will lead to a domino effect, you know, because if – if we release Tannehill, you know, after the draft, then obviously we're rolling with with Malik. Or if we draft the quarterback and then release Tannehill, then we're going to have a first-year guy and a second-year guy in the quarterback room. So it's just, you know, we're, we're waiting on that, that shoe to drop that is going to lead to the rest of the dominoes falling. I'm going to say one thing to touch on this uh, quarterback dilemma we got going on here. If they do release Ryan Tannehill and they save the $27 million, right, 
I say you start Malik, like you're saying, but the only way they do this, the way I want them to do it, is bring in a vet. I don't know who it would be, but you bring in a vet just so I have a veteran in that room. You draft Hendon Hooker in the second round, and if he does not pan out Malik Willis, Hendon Hooker is your guy because I believe wholeheartedly that. No one's talking about him uh, in this draft because he had the ACL and everything like that, but he was a Heisman favorite, and he was throwing the ball like crazy in the SEC this whole year. So I'm, I'm a big Hendon Hooker guy. So if they do that and they want to start uh, Malik, I'm fine with it. But Hendon Hooker needs to be on this roster. The beautiful thing about this, like from a fan perspective is, and, and you know, we were talking about it even in the season, like this is going to be one of those off seasons where five years from now, if the Titans are good, it's going to be, you're going to point back to this off season. If they're bad, you're going to point back to this off season. I think it's just a fascinating um, list of possibilities for them in the draft, but also like with these contracts and do you completely start over and, and all of those things. I, you know, I, I really can't see a scenario where Malik Willis is the starting quarterback and and they won. But the truth of the matter is we, none of us know Rand Carthon as a GM. Right. And I know Jared, when I brought that up, you lost your mind about Tannehill getting released and going with Malik Willis. And I know a lot of people would too, but it's funny, like doing this show every day, like people, people can't stand Tannehill, man. And I don't know if it's just like the starting quarterback thing or people can't, as Vince said, like PTSD from the Bengals game in the playoffs. Like, yeah, I. it's funny, though. Like, And we bring up every quarterback. So, like, I mean, Derek Carr was the first guy, right? Like, So we bring him up, everybody hates him. And to me, like, Derek Carr is Ryan Tannehill just three years ago, basically. Uh, we bring up Aaron Rodgers. Nobody wants Aaron Rodgers. We bring up Tannehill. Nobody likes Tannehill. We bring up Lamar Jackson. Which surprised me, but everybody like on our chat feed was like, no, 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 to Lamar Jackson. Uh Anthony Richardson, no, he's he's a one-read guy. They cut the field in half. I know he's got the measurables and all that, but you're gonna have to wait two years. Uh Will Levis. Now people are like just hell no. Just it's constant hatred for Will Levis. So like today we asked the question, well, which guy do you like? <laughs> you know, and people are like, I don't know, Bobby Boucher from Waterboy. I, like, I, <laughs> I think a lot of Titan fans like CJ Stroud. We just know that He's not gonna be not, there. it's not going to happen. You know, it's, it's not going to happen. So it, it is what it is. And um, like I said, we're waiting for the, the shoe to drop, you know, what's going to happen first, you know? So we'll see. I mean, at least they've got the defense plugged in pretty good, right? Like, yeah, defense I mean, is set. And it's a weak division, too. It's a weak division, and Jacksonville's going to have a first-place schedule next year. You're, you're saying weak division, but Jacksonville does have a first-place schedule. They they get in Calvin Ridley back. Timeout. They're getting Calvin Ridley back. And Agent Zero. <laughs> yeah, Agent Zero. <laughs> and Houston, low-key, has made some really good moves. Yeah, so, no, I mean, I mean I'm not, I, I I'm not saying a week. I mean, we could split all these games. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I just think Jacksonville is going to, you know, they're going to have a, a year of tape now on that offense. Oh, yeah. and year they came out of nowhere, and now they're going to have a year of tape on that offense. You are adding Calvin Ridley, and I love that he put the amount of bets he's going to make next year as his number. Zero. How's <laughs> going, um, You know, oh, but, good. I'm going to steal that, man. You can, you can have it. You can have it. Um, but uh, Houston and Indy, I'll believe it when I see it because they've done nothing to show that they're going to be anything worthwhile. I think Houston's going to be a team like Chicago where they sh were in a lot of games, but they lost them because they're just not there yet. I think they're going to show improvement maybe win four, five, six games. 
but I don't think they're there yet. Although they did have a great offseason, you're right. They could get Bryce Young. And if he's real, they could we've seen teams turn it on, you know, overnight. So I don't know. I think this defense is is stout. It only got better. I think if we run it back with Tannehill and Henry and draft a receiver and maybe add some more offensive line death, it's absolutely a division that I think Vrabel and Carthon believe they can they can win. So I mean, think about the division in these terms. Like I always go back to quarterback. So let's let's go. Okay, Trevor Lawrence. We know. Okay, they they got something there. Stug. You you mentioned Houston. They go Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or somebody like that. What if Indy gets Lamar Jackson? Yeah. Then where are the Titans in the pecking oh, order? <laughs> yep. Without a without a paddle. Yeah. Yeah. So without a number, know. without a receiving core or a paddle, we got nothing. It's 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 bad. Yeah. So so listen, Brett. Uh, it's been awesome having you on the show. But before we let you go, we have a little game, uh, a new game on the podcast, um, just so our fans get to know you a little bit more. So uh, Sammy, start us up. Think fast. All right, so it's a little game called Think Fast. We're going to put you in the hot seat, ask you a couple questions to get to to know you a little bit better. So the first question is, you play golf, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not well. What is your personal best uh, round? Oh, geez, I don't know. Uh, 92, maybe? I, I, uh, I honestly don't know. Like, I reached the <clears> point where – I, I got mad when I started playing, and then I started thinking, what do I think I'm going to be, a PGA golfer? No. So now I just drink beer and have as much fun as possible and see the entire course. There you go. There you go. Uh, the the best guest you ever interviewed? Ooh. Boy, that's a great one. I mean, I've interviewed anybody you can think of. Um, how about Todd Bridges, different strokes? <laughs> Okay, here we go. I don't uh, know why his name popped in my head, but his name popped in my head. <laughs> there that you go. Been, hey, that guy's been through a lot, let me tell you. Yeah, you, uh, you've interviewed a ton, so, I mean, if that one pops in your Jim head, Nance. So How about Jim Nance? Jim Nance called the Jim show Nance. the other day. Cool. There yeah. you go. He called the, the show the other day on the listener line. He lives in Nashville. That's awesome. Uh, if you can go to one sporting event per year, what would the sporting event be? Hmm. So I've been to a Final Four, I've been to a Super Bowl, I've been to a World Series, I've been to a Stanley Cup. Final. Jesus Christ! Yeah, uh, I've been to the Masters. Masters is oh, I'm dying is, to go. I went to I went to a Thursday Masters round. That oh. that that was probably up there. World Series is pretty damn good though. Yeah, I mean I've been I've been I, to I'll go the World Masters. Series. I would love to go to a Masters. I put in every year, so hopefully. Oh, do my, you? My, yeah. yeah. Um, moving it's on. Incredible. Best. Best spot, barbecue spot in Nashville? Uh, Martin's Barbecue on Belmont. That's okay. that's where I go. It's on the way to work. So, Pat Martin, shout out. There you go. Um, stealing this from Sal. He posted it on Twitter. So, shout outs to Sal, even though he's not here tonight. If the Titans were putting up a statue at the new stadium, who would the player be? Uh, Steve McNair, right? Has to be, right? Yeah. Or or maybe the, the picture of them hugging. You know what I mean? That thing. Him and Eddie George? Yeah, Eddie George oh. McNair. You know, I, I've always lobbied for, like, they need a statue of the Music City Miracle, like, in its yeah. form. That's um, been the background of my computer since, like, 2010. Yeah, I mean, I've said it on the air. Like, no, nobody will do anything about it. Nobody listens to me. But, like, I just think, like, kids would, would love it. Like, put everybody where they were exactly d- the same distance that they were yep. from each other. Uh, I think that would be really cool. Front and center. That would be – that's another good one. That would be good. Just make sure they make they let everyone know it was a backwards pass. 
<laughs> that's right. That's right. Football in the air. Yeah. Oh, fa favorite hobby? Uh, probably golf. Honestly, like I, I like I said, I suck at it, but I, it's so much fun. You get on a golf course, you kind of forget about everything else that's going on. You know, it's it's such an escape thing. As as I'm playing Friday, so you, you you're right about that for sure. Yeah. Uh, last question before we let you go. Um, if you're the Titans general manager tomorrow morning, you wake up, what is your first move and order of business? Boy, that's a great question. See, you ask these tough questions, Jared. I mean, there's so many things that you need to do, right? Like <laughs> first order uh, of business, first order of business. Current I state. Guess, I guess find a wide receiver. Damn it. I don't, <laughs> what do you, what, what do we need to give up to get DeAndre Hopkins? Let oh, me know. Let me I would know. do it. I would, I would give it three in a heartbeat. Right. Cause that's what they need. The speed guy. They need the yeah. speed guy. Yep. And if that was a little crazy because you're you 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 refuse to sign AJ at 22 a year yeah, at age 24, and I know. I know it's a different GM, but then you're going to give you know 31, 32 year old DeAndre Hopkins 25, 30 million a year. Although I think it'd be the most Titans thing ever if we were to get him, and he just didn't work out because it just seemed <laughs> right. For real. All right, here's my yeah. answer: Do what you need to do to move money around, cut whoever you need to cut to sign Big Jeff. Go ahead and do that. That that would be that, my first. That is, that is a, that is a solid answer. Okay. He needs he needs the blank check. On second thought, yes. <laughs> yeah, listen, this has been ridiculously awesome having you on. You're such a down to earth guy. Um, hopefully, we can have you on in the future. Uh, maybe Ron Slay or even Dawn on on the podcast. We had Kayla Anderson on last week. Oh yeah. Um, uh, definitely want to be in touch with you. Um, so, guys, uh, Brett Daughtry, everybody, you can listen to him on three HL weekdays from three uh, three p.m. to six p.m. Central Time. Uh, on 104.5 The Zone. So, Brett, thank you very much, and hopefully we'll be talking to you very soon. Thanks, Appreciate buddy. You guys, man. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. All right, that wraps up uh, Brent tonight. He uh, was definitely an awesome guest, uh, very down-to-earth guy. Um, what would you think, man? I thought he was awesome. You know, he seems like a guy you want to uh, – I'm not a golfer, but, you know – uh, shoot the shit with, play some golf, drink some beer. It definitely tell he definitely definitely packs lips when he's when he's golfing. <laughs> yeah, listen, uh, I don't know if anybody listens to the sh his show, Three uh, HO or Don Davenport and Ron Slay. I mean, I'm a big national media guy. I love listening to um, Kayla and uh, Ramon and Will in the morning on my way to work, and then on my way home, I'll throw those guys on at Three HO. So it's great to have them in there and. Um, you know, shout outs to them for even coming on and answering us. So we appreciate that. So we got some exciting news, right? Uh, we, got a, we finally we finally got a partner with this podcast. Um, um, so for our fans, we've partnered with Manscaped. Um, so with this episode, the support of the Sick Pod Talking Titans is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best men's below the waist grooming. Their products are precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Manscaped uh, performance packages. Uh, the unlimited. Oh, I'm like Taylor. One, I can't read. I can't read a script. Uh, the performance right now. <laughs> yeah, the unlimited men's hygiene bundle. Join over seven million men worldwide who trusted Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you: twenty percent off and free worldwide shipping with this with the code our code sick titans at manscaped.com. If I'm doing the math correctly, that's fourteen million balls, Vin. That is fourteen million. I mean. We don't know. Some people might only have one certain things happen in life, but yes, that is 14 million balls that we are helping out here. And let me tell you, there is absolutely 
nothing worse when you're trimming the old brajol and the meatballs and you get a nick, you get a cut, you get an ingrown hair. I've been there. I'm sure Jared's been there. I'm sure every man in America and worldwide has had an experience like that. With, with those five blade razors, it's very, very tough. You got, yeah, you, you got to get yeah. in those crevices. Yeah, we, we grew up in a time where there was no manscape. But let me tell you what manscape is going to do for you because the performance package 4.0 has arrived and it is a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find a lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer. Got some hairy uh, hair, nose, hairy ears. I, you know, as we get a little older, hair's popping out everywhere. I, I just know. trimmed my nose hair yesterday. Nice, nice. Um, the crop ball preserver deodorant, the, the um, crop re reviver toner, the performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. First off, the lawnmower 4.0, this trimmer is the future of grooming and, dare I say, the greatest ball trimmer ever. Their fourth-generation trimmer features the cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and has 4K LED spotlight you need for a more precise shade. Little little lighting. Their lighting probably looks more like mine than it does yours, you know, Jared. Yeah, so, so what you're saying is you're not in the shower with the five-blade razor and your legs spread open and you're trying to, yeah. you know, stretch out the bag and yeah, you can yeah. see now? Yeah, you gave our fans quite the visual there, buddy. Hey, there you go. But, but because this trimmer is waterproof, you could say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor because you could do it in the shower. And you thought that was good. But wait, want to take your grooming game even to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the weed whacker nose and ear trimmer like we talked about. Because as you get in your 30s, hair starts popping out all over in different spots every day. Um, like I said, the weed whacker was waterproof and provides a proprietary skin-safe technology which helps reduce, like I said, nicks, snags, cuts, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. Whichever holes you're putting them in, we're going to help <laughs> reduce those, those nicks and cuts. Um, their crop uh, preserver ball deodorant and crop reviver ball toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. We want everything smelling good for your girlfriend, for your boyfriend, whatever you're into. We want it smelling good for whoever is going to be down there. So do yourself a favor, fellas, and go get the Performance Package 4.0. Trust me, your trust me, fellas, your balls will thank you uh, later for that. Uh, Manscaped even threw two free gifts into their Performance and Package uh, 4.0. The Manscaped Boxer boxers and their shed travel bag bring your comfort and boxers to another level it's time to take care of yourself and go to manscape.com and get 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code sick titans so that's again get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code sick titans at manscape.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscape.com use the code sick titans unlock your confidence with and always use the right tools for the job with manscape so, little story with Manscaped. I've been using Manscaped now for probably a year, and it has changed my life dramatically. Like I said, I went from five blades to now this. I have a routine now. Every Wednesday, I trim I trim up uh, the nice little uh, bean bag. Jared Jr. Jared Jr. Jared Jr. I trim up the little bean bag, so uh, you know it looks like opening day of a baseball field down there for me. So I'm ready to go every week. Beautiful, so, beautiful. That's more information than I think we all needed. 
I won't, I, love- I won't get into my routine because we want to gain subscribers. We don't want to lose them. So just do yourself a favor. Go on, Manscaped. Use our code SICKTITANS. That's S-I-C-K-T-I-T-A-N-S. All one word. Get 20% off your purchase. Do yourself a favor. Do your significant other a favor. And go make it happen. For real. Guys, that is it for us tonight. What an awesome show. Hopefully we have another awesome guest on tonight. Vin, this has been a pleasure, especially with our new partner in Manscaped. So um, I can't wait uh, for next week's episode. And, uh, guys, thank you so much. And you can always follow us on YouTube, Instagram – I mean, not Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Spotify, all the platforms. So please like, subscribe, retweet. Get us out there. We are still growing, and we're growing strong. Guys, we'll talk to you next week. Sammy, sign us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast, Talking Titans, on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.